Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast from asfetlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Kristen Guile, and with me today is a familiar face if you've been on the Peloton bike at all, and if you are coming on the tread, you will soon see her face on your screen. This is Jess King from Peloton. How's it going, Jess? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today, to talk about goals, and um, it's one of my favorite things. So thank you for having me, Kristen. No problem. We are big fans of Peloton here. We talked to Hannah Marie Corbin uh, earlier this year for the podcast and got all the tips on stretching that we needed. But I'm excited to hear your journey because I know that you are new to the tread and you did a lot of training to get there. And we're so interested to hear sort of how that all came to be. But first, I want to hear a little bit about your background and uh, how you grew up, whether fitness was a part of your life and how you found your way to Peloton. Yeah, so I am a dancer, a mover, an artist. I grew up in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and I had the unique pleasure of, of growing up with a mother who was, you know, teaching aerobics when I was really young, and then that evolved into personal training. She then became a bodybuilder. She opened her own gym, and I so I watched her train herself and clients in our community my whole entire life. So fitness, movement, wellness, that was a big part of my home experience. But my personal experience was gymnastics and then dance. And I was a competitive dancer and then a professional dancer before I came to Peloton. So um, movement has always been important to me. I was actually in a show with Hannah, at in New York City, and this is where we both came to learn about Peloton. This is before Peloton was even born yet. I believe it was introduced to me as Peloton. So, so we've come a long, a long way. But um, I went on to be on So You Think You Can Dance. From there, I went into um, Cirque du Soleil. So you know, high performance pedigree of, of being a dancer, a commercial dancer and an entertaining. artist. Yeah. Entertaining. Exactly. And, and through the, along the way, I was always supplementing income by teaching. So I was teaching dance. I started when I was 15. And then after being on, so you think I started touring and traveling the world teaching. So that was, you know, developing that skill set and in that passion, I love teaching and sharing sharing what I love to do, which is move. I was in a really um, kind of a dark place, a dark night of the soul personally in my life when Peloton came to be, and I had promised myself a year of yes. So when this opportunity came up, um, you know, there was immediate resistance. Like I'm an artist. I'm not my mother. I, you know, I don't want to do fitness and I want to create. And so, but I said yes to myself and I, I, stepped into the opportunity, took the risk of, and of grieving the career that I had to create something that was unknown to all of us. I've been on the bike for almost seven years now, uh, instructing, and I'm almost at 10,000 hours, right? Like I'm almost to a point where I could say, oh yeah, I'm an expert here. For that reason, I wanted to do it again. I wanted to try something else. And that is what inspired me to want to be a tread instructor. I read on your Wikipedia page, and you can myth bust this if it's wrong, that um, you had not been on a spin bike before you taught Peloton. 
that's on Wikipedia. That is yeah. true. That is true. That is they know one of one of the things on Wikipedia that um, is true. I had never even taken a spin class before. And when they said, oh Hey, we God. want you to audition for this. I said, no, I said, I could go take a spin class, watch a few YouTubes and give you put on a show, but just teach me how to ride the bike everything else that you're looking for, everything else that, else that is required to be successful in this space, I got that. This bike is just the medium, get me on it. And so then became my, then became my training. So maybe this is a good time to transition into the first question that we ask everyone who comes on the podcast. And that is, tell us about a big goal you've had in the past. Why was it important to you? And how did you get there? Yeah, being a tread instructor was a huge goal. I had a dream, not like a metaphorical one, a real one, actual that dream. I was an actual dream that I was teaching a tread class. I saw myself up there. It was, you know, it felt so real and it felt right. And the very next day, I had the conviction that it was time for me to ask Peloton if I could if I could do it. So I went to Robin and I said, hey, I, I had this dream. I really want to be on tread and she said, I can totally see that for you. So it wasn't immediate. That's for sure. That was almost two years ago that that dream happened. Oh my God. Yeah. What I'm not interested in is getting injured. Yes. I'm looking for sustainability, longevity, and I need, I encourage all of the, that listen and hang out with me <clears throat> to be preventative in how you think about your body and how you move your body. You've dealt with injury. Is that right? That's true. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that I'm special and that anyone who has a high performance athletic history is going to experience some injury, but um, I'm very hypermobile, some double jointed, if you will. So everything in me moves and it's cool, except that you get injured a lot. Um, so being strong is very important to my well-being and running is the most ballistic thing that we can do. So high impact stress on the joints. So my instability is in the joints everywhere from all the little bones in my ankles and feet all the way into my hips and even my ribs move. So um, I knew that in order for me to be able to run well, run without getting injured, that it was going to take a, a deep dive and focused intention in my strength training. So I reached out to Andy Spear, fellow Peloton instructor. He is one of the smartest um, people I know, trainers that I know in terms of programming and how he thinks about the body and understands. And then this is also somebody who understands my workload, who understands what it's like to be on the tread. Um, so we started, I called him immediately. I said, Hey, would you train me? And this is before he and I really had any sort of friendship. He had just really joined the team. Um, so he's like, yeah, sure. So three days a week for the last year and a half, I've been working with Andy and it's important that you work specificity. What he did was get me suited and strong to be on the tread. And that does not happen overnight. It is, you know, you can only increase intensity by 10% at a time. So if you think about if I'm starting at zero, I need to get to 100, it's going to take a, a year cycle to get to where I want to go. Um, so and, and to make it fun too, so that you're not just like miserable and in pain, but the, the journey to getting 
in endurance ready and time enough time on my feet so that I wasn't feeling sore. I mean, I was sore from running for six months or more. It just, it just travels up the body. It starts in the feet then it goes in the shin then it goes up into the hips. And then, you know, so it was just about being compassionate and present for that adaptation period with myself and also not doing it alone, really reaching out to the resources that have right around me to say, Hey, help me. You guys have such a close knit team and it's evident in the way that you all talk about each other, both in class and on social media. And that's something that we've found within our community too, is really having that team around you is so important to achieving your goals and to holding yourself accountable to those goals when the going gets tough, or maybe if you get impatient or you have a setback, were there any other instances when having that team around you really helped push you forward? Every single day. Every single day I lean into my team. My team is my trainer, my physical therapist, my therapist, my partner, my friends. My fr- I put a lot into my friendships. I have a, a handful of, of dear, dear friends. And I, I really nurture those friendships and they reciprocate so much love and support back. But this is not a solo journey. What was, what was solo was the conviction that I wanted to be on tread. Nobody asked me, hey, Jess, do you want to be on the tread? It was me saying to anybody I met, I saw in the hallways or any phone calls I would have, I'm going to be on tread. Just so you know, I'm going to be on tread and, until it was a real thing. And then I had to zip my mouth, right? <laughs> <laughs> what was it like to go back to something as a total beginner? Did that humble mm-hmm. you at all? Or were you kind of ready and like excited to start from ground zero? I'm a lifelong student. And the beginner's mind, that place of curiosity, that place of unknown is very inspiring to me. To be repetitive, to be predictable, that is toxic for me. So it required a lot of compassion. And it also required that I nurture my experience with healthy thoughts so that my mindset was aligned with the goal. So at no point in time would I allow myself to slip into, I'm not good enough. This is too hard. Um, It was always, what's next? What can I work on next? And I would also have to give a huge shout out to Rebecca Kennedy, who's part of my team, who trained me specifically for TREAD, for the Peloton TREAD, to be an instructor. Mm -hmm. And that was you know, she comes with so much wisdom. So it was like, here's a hundred things you can work on. I'm like, whoa, 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 give me one, give me one thing. And I'll, and the next time I get up there, it'll be done. And then the next, give me another thing and then boom, it'll be done. So I'm not someone who, I think where I slip into um, dangerous territory for myself is when I am like, okay, I'm going to do that thing. And I set out to do it. And then I don't. And, and then you get into failing yourself which immediately requires forgiveness, compassion, and shifting that mindset to say, I'm not going to live here. I could acknowledge that maybe I've landed here for a second. What could I have done differently? Where is the lesson? But to make it personal, a personal attack on on myself, on my spirit, on my body, that's where the the hard line is for me. Plus, fun is such a value. Of mine. I am not interested if it's not fun. The number one thing that I wanted my life to be like when, you know, they say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm like, I just need to have fun. And 
for me, that is moving. That is dancing, listening to music, getting stronger and uplifting the community around me. So that's what running is for me. I thought, wow, if I could be a beginner and make myself vulnerable to this community, to Peloton, to anyone who's paying attention, you know, I seek to be inspiring, but an aspirational, but from a place of personal practice, not from like, this is what I think you should do because that that ultimately doesn't work. And that doesn't fulfill me either. So it was like, I'm going to do this selfishly for my own personal growth, because look, I'm 35. Just put it out there, right? Let's just, it's on Wikipedia anyway. So oh, it is <laughs> probably. <laughs> so this is, I'm, I would like to think that I'm in the prime of my life. Not that I'm peaking or, or, or I'm going to drop at any point in time, but I haven't had children yet. I'm as strong as I have ever been. I'm as healthy as I've, I'm supported as I've ever been. This is the time. The time is now to do this thing that has always been daunting to me. That has always been, man, like I'm a dancer, I'm an athlete, but I hate running. I'm like, that doesn't align. I want to overcome that. I want to rewrite that story. There are so many people I think who get intimidated by running, who will be really inspired by your story of transitioning to the tread. What would you tell people who are like, running's the worst. It's so high impact. How would you sort of encourage them to take that first premiere run with you? Walk it. Yeah. Walk it, walk it. And when you feel a little twinkle, go for a little jog. And then when it becomes too much, pull it back down. It's all about having the courage to push yourself to wherever your boundary or your edge is for that day. And just knowing where that is. So it's all about being okay with the feedback that you get from your body and not answering that with criticism. So if running is hard, yeah, running is hard for everyone. I mean, there's a few people like I look at Bex and I'm like, I think you're an alien, you know, just incredible (laughs) the way that she runs, but, but that's an outlier. And so having the courage to just go for it, the courage to fail at something, the courage to laugh at yourself. And I really think the number one element or the number one way to shift your focus from labeling this, if I did it good, or if I did it bad, or, or judging yourself in any way, just being curious, right? Like, oh my gosh, this energy is so huge. Wow. I wonder what that could possibly mean because your physical intelligence is so much smarter than you. So if your body's talking to you, you know, listen, listen, you're not here to make it wrong. You're, your body's not wrong. So just being compassionate and, and curious childlike curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. That beginner's mindset. I haven't taken your class on the bike because I don't have a bike. So, uh, taking your premier run, I took it outside yesterday. It was like a gorgeous fall morning and I wasn't able to watch you on the screen, obviously, but it felt like it was a really emotional moment for you. That first run. What was it like? Oh man. So that run happened at around 7 PM on a Wednesday. And so I wake up around 7am. I woke up with a sensation that I was about to drop off a roller coaster, right? You know, when you're right, it's like, click, 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 and you get all those feelings. So I had to coexist with this energy the entire day. It was like, constantly breathing, and then really 
deciding that nothing was going to disrupt my bubble. Nothing, not no one, not an experience, not a thought, not any sort of external thing was going to get in the way of this joy because I can only interpret that excitement and that intensity of energy within me as pure joy. That's how I know I am on my path. And as we get older, that first time experience, that those first time nerves are really hard to come by. So I was, I was grateful for the abundance of energy in my body and then had to just figure out, okay, I'm going to work out. So it's going to go up and then I'm going to get physical therapy. And so then I can be still, and then I'm going to eat. So I know I'm going to be nourished. And then I'm going to turn my phone off for the next two hours and just dance. Honestly, that's how I conjure up source for myself. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't have to be good dancing or like, it's, it's just being in, in that in that vibration. And um, so I just danced around in the studio for like 30 minutes before. Yeah, honestly, claiming the space, changing the energy in the space. And um, I was also so ready. You know, I've been doing this for a year and a half now. By the time I got to that premiere run, I already had seven, nine, if you count warm ups and cool downs, runs pre-recorded and banked and ready to go. So mm-hmm. it it was just the first time that I had a live leaderboard. Mm-hmm. And I remember when it started populating and I thought, whoa, you know, I'm so connected to our members. I'm so, so like, I feel them so deeply that I could feel how intensely everyone was rooting for me. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants you to succeed. It, it is. I'm going to cry thinking about it. It is so overwhelming when when, when, this, when, that's, when that's a new thing, mm-hmm. right? When you come from a background of constant rejection, which is what the dance industry is like, audition, no, you're too tall. No, you're too short. No, your hair's too red. No, you're whatever. You're not good enough. I don't know you. Um, you know, when you get that kind of rejection and then just to be so openly received and welcomed for being a beginner, mm-hmm. it was so healing for me. And mm-hmm. I fully intend to give that gift back every single time I get on the tread or the bike or just in front of anyone just to say, Hey, you have permission to fail. You have permission to feel joy. You have permission to feel strong and don't be afraid of the power that is inside your body. So, so yeah, (laughs) let's switch tracks into the second question we ask everyone. So this is a little more future facing. So Can you share with us a big goal that you have for the future and why it's important to you and how you plan to get there? Sure, sure. So this is a two-part answer because I'll answer it professionally and personally. Love it. Go. Um, Professionally, my goal at Peloton is to rewrite what is considered to be fitness. You know, I'm an artist. I'm a creative. And... um, I seek to make a, an immersive moving experience for our members. I want to take them out of the mindset that they're going to work out. Yeah, you're going to work out. Yes, you're going to sweat. This is the vehicle by which we connect. But I, I want to deliver that package in something that feels like live entertainment. You know, when you go to a live show, music, and you just feel the vibration of that. And there's also spectacle right? So there is Mm -hmm. this element of surprise and leaning into technology. And we have so much available to us now that we we can create beyond the boundaries that you have 
typically seen for any sort of digital fitness space. So I really want to push that boundary. I know that I already do to a certain degree, but my intention is to really double down on that and to really um, create something new. That's where I am professionally right now. And um, the pandemic has actually allowed me a lot of time to marinate and evolve these ideas because patience has been the overwhelming message um, or assignment for myself. Mm. So when I'm, when I'm sitting with this idea, because it's usually I create and then, and then express. So it's like in out, but because it's like just this in and just this kind of, you know, marinating, in the idea, the idea evolves and it grows and it becomes more complex and layered and the narrative extends and, and the arc becomes, you know, even more emotional, if you will, and relatable. So there's been a huge gift in the ability to dive in to my creativity and sit in my creativity. Mm, yeah. So that's been really interesting. Personally, I just got engaged. I saw that. Congratulations. Oh, thank so you. exciting. It is exciting. It's it's nothing new for Sophia and I. We've been together for almost six years, and we've always known that this was something we were going to do. She is a musician, and so and and a singer. And usually, she's traveling on tour. She's in a show somewhere else, and because we've just been like, oh hey, it's you. Um, <laughs> I'm like, we should probably just take the steps now to do that since we have the time. So, so it was really exciting to be able to share this decision and um, with our community and the response has been so beautiful. You were like giggling and glowing right now. It was so cute. (laughs) Love, love is the best. The love vibration is, is everything. And um, the day that we you know, had this little engagement ceremony. We both were like, it feels like Christmas. Like, <laughs> you know, it just was so, so fun. And then, you know, anybody who's been married before or had a wedding before has been able to express to me, like, what is it, the, the feeling of what it's like to be in a room with every single person that loves you and that you love. And we, we got a little taste of that. Obviously it was not every single person, you know, but, but just to, to be the recipient of, of that energy that she and I both put out there. It was really beautiful. And and it's so healing for me. So I think my next steps for us are not necessarily to have a wedding. We think that right now it's just not the time. And, you know, we are like, okay, if we're going to have a wedding, it's going to be four days long and we're going to do, you know, it's going to be a show. We should top all of these, you know, we're like, we'll have so-and-so DJ and we'll have this band and we'll have Cirque du Soleil aerialists. (laughs) Oh no, it's going to be so full out. So um, we're like, okay, we should probably hold off on that. So I think we're going to start our family. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. That is so exciting. We'll see. We'll see how the journey goes, but that's what we're hoping to do. Wow. Oh my gosh, my heart is really full right now just from listening to you and like soaking up all of that love that you are like putting in and putting out. So it was so awesome to talk to you, Jess. Um, Let let us know where can we find you on the internet? What else are you working on? What's your class schedule like these days? How can we get more, Jess? Yeah, so Instagram is probably the place where I spend, um, unfortunately, too much time. So hit me up there, Jess King, NYC. You can also find me on the bike. You can find me on the tread. Those are all the places that I really live where you can reach out to me. And 
I do my best to answer messages. So don't be afraid to give me a testimony or talk to me about what you're going through or something new that has shifted for you in a workout, whether it be for me or anybody else. You know, I'm so inspired by your stories and they inform how I coach and how I show up. So please, this is an open line of communication. I would just say reach out. Awesome. Well, on that note, we will wrap things up. Jess, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me.